Hi everyone, this is Matt Price, host of Dynasty Game Night. My co-host John Bosch and I created this podcast for one reason, to focus on fun. After all, fun is the reason we all started playing fantasy football in the first place. I love games of all sorts, card games, board games, video games, really any kind of game you can think of. So one day, John and I decided it was time for a podcast where we just play games. You might learn something along the way, but you won't find much hard-hitting analysis here. Check out all the other incredible podcasts DLF has to offer for that sort of thing. On Dynasty Game Night, our primary focus is to entertain. So if you like playing games or watching game shows, this might just be the podcast for you. We'd love for you to give it a listen and play along with the contestants and maybe even win a chance to be on the show. Oh my goodness, the combine I think it's still going. I don't even care what day this drops, it's probably still going. It's been taking forever. That's a doctor to the stars, Ethan Turner. Yeah, they should have done this this morning. I'm getting tired. <laughs> I am John, one inch vertical Hogue, and this is the Super Flex Super Show. That's right, on the night of the of the combine, future NFL rookies are running 40-yard dashes right at the moment, and uh, we, uh, we get to break it down kind of in real time. Uh, so even though I know pretty much nothing about these rookies, I haven't had the chance to watch any of the combine at this point. Uh, we're still going we're, we're gonna to talk about it. I mean, it, you guys are going to have to, you know, you're, you're going to have to, uh, carry my water here for me, but we're going to do it anyways. So, yeah, let's do it. Hey, you know what, John? Real quick, I, your intro, man, th- that was really cool. I I learned something already. I, I didn't know why they called you John One and Choke for the longest time, but now I know that it, it's, Easy. it's because of your jump. That, that That's cool, <laughs> man. Now I know why. All right. You just assumed it was something totally different. Man. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know. You know, I thought maybe you wore your pants just one inch shorter than, you know, and, and you had the high rise going on. I, I don't, I didn't know. I, I honestly had no idea why they would call you that. <clears throat> uh, this is so offensive already, and we haven't even gotten into my complete ignorance on these, uh, on these incoming rookies yet. So uh, let's just get to these players. <laughs> Can we just get to these players already? Um, I guess my first question for the two of you guys, and I want to start with Ethan, actually, um, just how do you use, how do you use the information that we're getting out of the combine? Like, what are you looking to see? Because to me, like, I, I, I think that I probably represent kind of the, you know, the general population as far as this stuff goes. And we hear about some of these measurements. We hear about some of these, these results and, we're just like, okay, I mean, uh, you know, most of these guys are, you know, f- roughly the same size, roughly the same speed. So to me, I, I I just, you know, it's really hard to decipher some of this information. Plus, we've in the past, we've seen, you know, we've seen Michael Thomas run like, what, like a 4, 6, 40, something like that. It, you know, and then he goes on to lead the NFL in, in targets, receptions, you know reception percentage everything so uh you know it it makes it really hard for us to use this information to predict really anything so i'm curious what both of you guys how you use these results um but yeah let's start with you ethan the biggest thing for me and not just because i'm the doctor uh the biggest thing i think in general that this combine is supposed to be used for is the combine medicals. I really feel like uh, the athletic testing is great. Um, it's it's fun to watch and compare these guys and who's faster than who and and to kind of create these little um, you know almost like a competition between these guys on you know okay you say you're the fastest guy you know go prove it and so 
yeah, that's all great. But when it comes down to it, if you ask anybody that's actually evaluating these players uh, from a team perspective, the NFL guys that are at the combine, they really only care about two things, medicals and interviews. And so those are the things that I pay the most attention to. We've already had some big news kind of dropping here and there that is pertinent to us as fantasy players, just because we need to be on top of these types of things. I always say that, uh, you know, injuries are the best predictor of future injury. And so we need to know if stuff comes out about these players um, and their medicals, we usually will hear about it if it's big enough and it's big enough news. And so we've already seen like Thaddeus Moss, the tight end out of LSU. Uh, a lot of people were, were looking forward to seeing how he would test, uh, but he has a Jones fracture in his foot. And so they find these types of injuries. You might say, well, how did, how did he not know that he had Jones fracture? He might have known. Um, but, but what they do is they basically x-ray MRI. They do the whole shebang. And because that Moss had, previous foot injuries on his right side. I'm not surprised that they were really paying attention to his feet and how they would, you know, how they looked because he, he did take a medical red shirt year uh, for a right sided foot injury for a Jones fracture. Now they have found one in his left foot as well. Um, and so that that's important to know that he has this history of foot injuries. Um, Van Jefferson, same thing. Um, again, uh, not, I haven't done his uh, full injury history analysis yet, but I do know that they found a Jones fracture in his foot. He's going to have surgery. How does that impact his draft stock? That's, that's always one of those questions. You know, how, how are these medicals going to check out? And probably the biggest question mark going into the combine is how was Tua Tungo Vailoa's hip going to check out? And that is huge for us because these teams are going to be able to poke and prod and, and scan and rescan and x-ray and MRI and really put his hip through the ringer for the first time, you know, that we're going to get information about it since the injury occurred. And so the fact that his medicals came back positive and all of the things that came out of the combine were that teams were very pleased with how his hip looked those are things we need to pay attention to because that was something that was depressing his value, especially in rookie Superflex leagues. His health was his biggest concern. Nobody's questioning that talent. So uh, the medicals are probably the thing I'm paying the most attention to um, and the thing that I use the most. And it's not, again, just because I think it's because I'm the medical guy. I just really think that it's probably the most important thing that these guys are going through at the Combine. I think a lot of people would agree with you on that. Uh, and, you know, not being doctors, we would, we still, and it, you know, this Tua injury, this really kind of brings that to the, to the surface. So based on that, and you know, this being a super flex quarterback centric podcast, I am curious, um, you know, to what degree are you feeling confident right now about Tua, um, you know, as a, is a, is a super flex prospect, um, you know, how, how worried are you about the amount of time that he's likely to miss in 2020? I think that's probably what's really going to depress his value in our rookie drafts. So, you know, is he, is he going to be available in 2020, do you think, or, uh, are we looking at a, a red shirt at a necessity type of situation? For two, I think the big question is going to be, where does he go? One, is there an established vet? already in place. There's been a lot of rumors about him going to the lions. They don't really have much incentive to bring him back quickly. They have a capable starter in Matt Stafford. Uh, they don't, and and they, they have him under contract. So they could easily say, you know what? We're drafting to it because we think he's the best value at this pick. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Stafford and his contract. Um, we know that Stafford has had some injuries himself. He's getting a little bit older. You know, this is uh, our next next phase as a an organization and so we're going to sit him sit to a for a year because we have that luxury um there's a few other teams that probably have that luxury i mean i think even a team like washington who's now getting some buzz because they interviewed Tua, if they were to pull the trigger and say you know what we liked Dwayne Haskins last year. This is a new coaching staff. They have a new system. They're not really feeling it with Haskins. You know, we want to bring Tua in and basically put some pressure on Haskins to 
produce as a starting quarterback. And then if Haskins can rise to the challenge and and we find that, you know, we actually prefer him, then we can always trade Tua down the road. But but I think that, you know, there are teams out there that could be in the market for Tua that aren't going to have to sit him or aren't going to be able to afford to sit him for the entire year. And so while I personally think it wouldn't be I personally think that he'll be able to play in 2020. It's really going to depend on what those teams that are drafting him uh, believe are, is going to happen and what they believe is the best option for him moving forward. So I don't want to hold this up too long, but I think this is uh, this is pretty important. I mean, I think this is really kind of the number one storyline for a lot of people uh, in, you know, with this rookie class. So just to, just to kind of, put a, a little bit of a fine point on it with you uh, before we move on. It, so so I, it felt like all along, you know, for, for the better part of a year now, Tua was kind of linked to the Miami Dolphins. You know, it looked like early on, it, you know, they, they get rid of Minka Fitzpatrick, they get rid of Laramie Tunsil. It looked like the goal was to tank for that top pick so that they could go get Tua to be their franchise quarterback. That's where tanking for Tua kind of came from. So the fact that they seem to, it kind of seems like they've cooled a little bit on him, even though they've kind of committed to Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, who should really kind of be a bridge quarterback uh, in 2020. And, and you know, the fact that they don't really have anyone behind Ryan Fitzpatrick, well, Josh Rosen, I suppose, but I mean, it doesn't seem like they're serious about that. So the the fact that they seem to have cooled on Tua like is that is that reason to believe that maybe they're they're worried about the medicals no i mean i think it could be more that they don't believe that they're going to have the ability or the de- they don't have the desire to spend what it's going to take to actually go up and get a Tua um if they are sitting at five. They have the most draft capital this year, uh, but they could say, you know what? We're not going to risk kind of what we're trying to build here on a guy with some spotty medical records. He, it's not like you can't just ignore the fact that he has this injury history. It's going to be with him until he can basically prove that he can stay healthy for an entire year, which he hasn't really done yet, even in college those are going to be questions that you're going to have to ask. And so the Dolphins could be looking at saying, look, if we're going to have to wait a year for Tua, why don't we just continue to not be good and take one of the quarterbacks next year and build this team up before we actually go and invest into that franchise guy? And then you get a guy like Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields, dudes that don't have those medical questions. And then now you have a better foundation for them to succeed when they actually get uh, to that level. And so I don't know. Um, we won't really know until we see the draft and see kind of, I, I guarantee you though, I've, I've said this on Twitter. I don't think that if that given Tua's positive reviews from the combine and everything we've seen so far with this injury, I don't think that he is falling to five. You're going to have to trade up to get him. And so if that's the case, it's really going to depend on who's willing to spend the most. Interesting. I, it, it feels like, some, I, I mean, I think you're right. It just feels like somebody's going to move up. Um, but uh, I'll, uh, we'll move on for the moment um, because I want to get the same answer from, uh, well, same question to you, James, and, uh, and get your answer on this, just how you use this combine information. Um, what do you look to see? I know that you've, kind of been watching these players for i mean years (laughs) and um you're you're you know you're very familiar with these players so is is there anything at the combine that's really kind of uh surprising you um anything that you can take away from it that you didn't already know yeah that that's an interesting question um i could tell you right now normally what i look for is whether or not what i saw on film when i watch these players multiple times throughout the course of the year i'll, I'll, I'll watch a uh, a good amount of games normally uh, five to six on on the on each of these players and uh what i want to know is does what i saw on film match what i see in combine results so 
you know, if it does, and and here's a big thing, Twitter has really made this kind of a uh, a, a battle cry almost this year for uh, for combine results, and that's well, don't don't count it twice, you know. If uh, for instance, we expected Henry Ruggs to run very fast, he did. I think he ran a 4.2840, 40, um, very fast. So, well, because, you know, you were expecting him to run fast, don't double count it when he does. And and I, I get that. There, there's there's something to be said for, for that. You know, you don't move somebody up your board when they run fast and you were expecting them to. However, I will say this. Look, other players that you may have ranked higher than that player might disappoint. They might not run what we expected them to run. Or they might, you know, I, and I wouldn't take just the 40 or, or or just one, you know, any one drill, you know, and and say that you know this is this is really important. But if somebody tanks the entire thing, if they're if they're constantly coming in at the the three cone, the shuttle, the you know the the forty, you know, their bench, their their height and weight, not, if everything is kind of disappointing, if everything just isn't matching up, then maybe you're you're moving that player down that was previously ahead of another player. So. A, a Henry Ruggs, let's say, could have been ranked as your wide receiver four, but the guy who you had ranked wide receiver three might have tumbled down a little bit. And so consequently, the guy who actually confirmed what you were expecting ends up moving up your ranking. So um, I think that happens a lot, especially while we're in your rankings, in my rankings at least. Um, this is something that can happen. Um, so don't, I, I, you know, while, while you don't want to double count something, when someone confirms what you've seen or what you expected, uh, I, I think that's, that's still important. You know, you don't want to double count it, but at the same time, a lot of these guys are not going to confirm that. A lot of the time I'm going to have to go back to film and go, okay, what did I miss with this guy? Whether it was good, bad, or indifferent, you know, what, what, you know, he, he posted a, a, a much better 40 times, some really good, um, agility scores, some, some, some nice jumps. What, what did I miss with this? This guy that uh, that I didn't see on film when I watched him initially, uh, so uh, to me that's that's a very important aspect of it. Um, the medicals are always going to be the most important uh, in my eyes as well. Uh, but that's that's something that I look for that I like to see. That's a little bit different um, than uh, than maybe uh, you know some of the other people are, are, are looking for and what they're uh, what they're grading out as far as the uh, the combine and what you know what kind of takes precedent to them. So I, I, I think that my follow-up question to you is, uh, you know, when these guys do underperform, like for instance, Jalen Rager, I mean, it, it feels like a lot of people were kind of on top of this, that he wasn't going to post quite the 40 time that a lot of people expected. And sure enough, he's, you know, right around four or five. Anyway, I think his first one was 4.47 and then he went four or five on his, his second one. Um, so in, in, you know, it feels like a lot of people kind of predicted that you, you've also seen on film that he plays extremely fast when he's got the pads on, you know, so how much, how much are you going to, to bump a guy like that down if he has a bad combine, you know, when he has kind of a, a long track record of, um, you know, of, of performing particularly well, actually on the football field, you know, it, it, does it, 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 can the combine change your opinion um, that much on a player? Well, and that's a great question. I think for me, at least a lot of it is, uh, you know, some of these guys are from smaller schools. Some of these guys are guys that I won't have seen, uh, you know, the film just isn't available to watch as much. And so those guys, to me, are, are guys that can sway uh, a, a whole lot more uh, just because they, they might be guys I haven't been able to find film on to watch as much as some of the other prospects that I have. And when those guys bust out or when those guys, you know, don't perform as expected, that that can be, you know, uh, kind of a little bit more of a red flag for me. A guy like Jalen Rieger, uh, Rieger does not bother me too much with a, a 4 4 is plenty fast, right? I mean, that's still... That's still okay. We were expecting better, absolutely. Um, I think uh, a lot of people were thinking that he would run somewhere around where Ruggs did, and he, he, it just didn't happen. Um, so yeah, it's it's a little disappointing. But you got to take everything. Um, he also had a 42-inch uh, vertical jump, which which is very good. It shows that he he can be explosive. So that's 
you know, that that didn't disappoint. And so, um, you know, when you look at the rest of his numbers, uh, everything else that he's kind of put up, um, the 138 broad jump is insane for his height. Um, when you look at some of the other the other numbers that he put up, you know, you, you kind of come away a little less concerned with that 40 time. However, uh, you know, it is something, you know, th- I mean, there are certain players that are going to bomb, you know, they're, they're not going to look explosive with the jumping drills. They're not going to do well um, at the, at the bench press. They're not going to run a 40 like you expected. And they're just not going to look comfortable the entire time they're there. And at that point, then you really have to go back and look and say, Hey, look, you know, what, what did I miss here? Is, is this guy the same player that I really thought he was or, uh, is maybe you know that is there maybe a lack of athleticism or a lack of strength or a lack of of you know uh, core strength or conditioning so those are the things that i would look back on at that point but i don't think by just taking one aspect of you know can the guy run fast straight line um or you know did the guy you know do really well running there but just didn't jump well um i, I don't think i would take any one of these uh you know uh combine um combine drills i don't think i would take any one of those results and say hey look um this this is the guy that's going to move down or this is the guy that's going to move up based on that um but i think you know there's a whole picture that needs to be painted and when when you see a whole picture that's painted that surprises you one way or the other i think that's when you really got to go back and look and uh and yeah then a player can move up or down um you know based on that if i can go back to film and say hey you know what I think this player does have that, you know, does does show at times that speed and that agility, um, you know, that that I saw at the combine. Then yeah, absolutely, you know, you can go back and and uh, and a player can rise or fall on on my board at least. Yeah, that that feels like it's it's pretty important, like you said, to just you know look at the entire performance at the combine, not just one event, but the the entire thing, and that's kind of. That's a big part of why I, you know, I, I, I stay out of it until, uh, until kind of at the end when we've got the full results, that's, that tells me a lot more. Um, you know, I, I think that there's a lot more to it than straight line speed over a short, a short distance without any pads on when you're wearing spandex and you're, you know, you're in a sprinter's starting position. Like that doesn't, it doesn't tell me a whole lot about how you're going to perform on the football field, but you know, the overall athleticism I do think is important for me though. Um, you know, I, I just like, I like the overall politics of the entire thing. Like that it's pretty important to me. Like, you know, Ethan mentioned how Washington interviewed Tua, you know, you're, you're sitting in the number two spot. You just drafted a quarterback in the first round in 2019. And yet you're at least posturing as if you're going to you know, consider taking a quarterback again here in 2020, which by the way, I mean, I've always felt like that's the right move that you, you just keep hammering quarterback until you get it right. So, you know, I, I, I personally think that they actually should take Tua. Um, I, I think that it's, it's too soon to give up on Dwayne Haskins, but I think that they should, they should actually consider a quarterback competition between the two. Um, and then you trade away the guy who who loses that competition. Um, but, you know, the, they're not actually going to do that. Like the kind of the if they were to take Tua, it means that they're giving up on Dwayne Haskins and it feels way too soon to do that. But um, I to me, it's more kind of a political thing. It's 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 more kind of a a posturing thing. They're inflating the value of that number two pick where if they stay put, they're absolutely going to take Chase Young. There's kind of no reason, at least in their mind, there's kind of no reason to go quarterback two years in a row, especially when you've got an opportunity to get an edge rusher like Chase Young. But, uh, you know, they in the meantime, what they can kind of do is is add value to that number two pick by you know, acting like, Hey, if you don't trade up here to get Tua, then we're going to take him. I, so I love stuff like that. I, it's, it's a lot more generic than, than the stuff you guys are talking about, but uh, it's, it's, it's kind of superficial, but it's to me, that's what makes all this so much fun. Yeah, that's neat. Let me ask you a follow-up question then, John, Uh-oh. how, how does, how does it play now that we've seen this actually happen? 
you know, with, with Josh Rosen in Arizona, drafted him a year later. They spent the number one overall pick on a quarterback. This would be the number two overall pick. But we've seen something like that happen, and, and the situation was semi-similar similar in, in the fact that you have a new coaching staff that comes in. They might want their guy. Um, you know, what, what does that do? Does that, does that help the credibility of it? Or do you think that there might be a legitimate chance that they actually pull the, the trigger on a quarterback? What, what do you think the effect that, uh, that, that we've seen this actually happen? What do you think uh, the effect is that that might have on the, uh, on the Redskins here? No, that's a good point. I think it probably does, you know, add some credibility to to the, you know, before before Arizona kind of made that move. It, it felt like, you know, that this is all very predictable. This is kind of along the same lines as saying, you know, if you don't trade for this player, then we're going to cut him. Like they they never end up trading the player once they say that. Like th- these are just kind of you know, it, it, it's, it goes back many, many years in the NFL of, of this type of posturing, but now all of a sudden it's an actual possibility. And, um, you know, it, it definitely helps having Ron Rivera come in and, and maybe he wants to, you know, put together his own offense with, um, his own, you know, left-handed version of Cam Newton. (laughs) Maybe that, you know, at least it looks that way, but, um, I, I, I still don't think they're going to actually do it, but it definitely gives them an opportunity to to at least threaten to do it. And I think that it does make that threat more credible. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think it does help. Really neat. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely something I'm going to monitor uh, moving forward. Uh, that'll be fun to kind of watch on uh, how Washington panders to uh, potential trade partners or to boost the value of that pick. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think I think it's going to work. I mean, I think ultimately they're going to be able to uh, to trade down. Um, somebody's going to pay, you know, roughly what the what the Bears paid uh, the 49ers to move up for Mitchell Trubisky. Like they're going to get that type of haul. Um, I, I still question it because, you know, you're you're probably also giving up the opportunity to draft Chase Young. I, I don't know if it's necessarily worth it. I mean, we saw, you know, the, the, the price, the price tag on Khalil Mack, for instance, um, you know, that, that type of edge rusher, how important that is and the type of, of return that you get that the, uh, that the Raiders got for Khalil Mack. And I, I think that it's greater than, what you're going to get for that pick. So, I mean, to me, you just, you just, just sit still and take chase young. I mean, just, just, just stay put, take chase young and uh, let him rebuild your defense for you. So, um, but let's move on uh, to some of the actual numbers that have come out. I mean, we mentioned rugs, we mentioned Jalen Rager, but let's get to some actual, you know, some more of these players who have, you know, they've some of them have run their 40s. A lot of them have run their 40s. Some of them have done their verts. Um, some of them have even got into the broad jump a little bit. So just based on some of these results, have what have you seen so far that's that's particularly stood out to you and impressed you? And, and let's get back to you, Ethan. I would say one guy that's definitely won the combine, at least in the early part, is Donovan Peoples-Jones. Um, not a lot of people talking about him coming out of college. Uh, he, you know, he went to Michigan. They didn't have a prolific passing offense. He was kind of banged up throughout school, you know. But he comes out. He's six two, you know, two hundred twelve pounds, big wide receiver. Runs a four four eight, forty yard dash. That's pretty impressive. Um, also had a 44 and a half inch vertical jump. Believe that was the best among wide receivers. Also had a 139 inch broad jump. So this guy has some serious explosive power, a ton of just, I mean, just a big bodied wide receiver. Um, and, and I think he's one that definitely won the athletic testing. He had to show that he had that athleticism. Now the question is, why didn't we see more of it when he was in college? Uh, We can blame the quarterback that he was playing with. We can blame the system. Um, But honestly, I think that he at least showed that he is, as a prospect, somebody that 
could become something if you get him in the right system with people that can mold his game a little bit more. Um, you would like to see a little bit more production in college, but the fact that he's that big, that explosive, that fast, I mean, these this is the kind of guy that if I'm looking in like the third round or even late second round of a rookie draft, these are the kind of players that I want to try to scoop up as much as I can because ultimately he's got the tools to succeed at the next level in terms of size and speed. The question is, can he develop into that? And I'd rather take a, a risk on that guy than take a risk on maybe a more polished or even somebody that has a little bit more production at, from a smaller school that doesn't meet those athletic criteria. So he's definitely one that that I feel like has won the combine so far in this uh, particular group. Do you have a comp for him? I, I, I haven't really got into that stuff yet. So I'm, I'm wondering, just based on the results so far, uh, what's a, what are some comps for him? You know, I really don't, I don't try, I try not to get into comps if I can really? avoid it. Um, you know, I think of a guy like, um, a Devonte Parker type, and I know that I, I don't have his, um, stats. So this isn't, this is an off the cuff, uh, comparison, but I could see people's Jones being a guy that maybe doesn't break out for a couple of years because he does still have to try to get this nuance of, even though he's built like an alpha dog receiver, he hasn't lived up to that in college. And so, uh, there is a lot to be said about college production and, and guys that, uh, should be alpha dogs and haven't ever put that together for a full season in college. Can they put it together in, uh, in the NFL? My thing is, is that you got to give them a little bit of time. And so I'd say Devonte Parker is a, a fair comparison. I don't know if Parker was quite as athletic at the size that people's Jones is, but I mean, that's, that's probably, if you're asking me like on the spot, think of a guy, um, <laughs> that's I, I could see, right? I could see his career panning out similarly to what Parker's did. Yeah. Yeah. I totally sprung that on you. So uh, there was no way that that was fair, but, uh, I did it anyway. So, um, deal with it. Uh, I mean, it, it Michigan just kind of isn't really known as, as a very pass heavy offense, like kind of the entire, you know, big 10, uh, big 12, I guess, but you know, it's not a, it's not a pass heavy conference and Michigan in particular, it it just, at least, you know, from an outsider's perspective, I just don't really view them as, as, you know, kind of a, uh, an air it out type of offense. So, I mean, does this for you, does he get any kind of extra credit for the fact that he comes from such a run heavy conference and such a run heavy team? I would say he gets a little bit more of a benefit of the doubt, given we know that Michigan wants to just run the football. Um, I think he gets a little bit of credit because of how big he was, the fact that they had him also returning punts and he was pretty effective um, as a punt returner. I think he had 25 punt returns. So the fact that he's a little bit more dynamic than your average wide receiver gives him a little bit of a, a benefit of the doubt. Um, you know, I mean, I just looked up uh, now that you, since you, since you put me on the spot, I wanted to see how <laughs> yeah, off I was with Devonte Parker. And uh-huh. so I did look up his stats. So he's six, three, two, sixteen. Peoples Jones is 6'2", uh, 212, so size-wise, pretty comparable. Um, broad jump was 125. Peoples Jones was 139. So, like I said, I knew he was a little bit more explosive. 40-yard um, dash was a 445. Obviously, he ran a 448, so speed-wise is pretty comparable. Um, and vert, um, obviously, uh, Peoples Jones has better explosion um, in his in his lower half. Uh, the, the only issue is that I believe that Parker was a little bit more productive in college. And so, you know, not a horrible comp off the top of the head. Okay. Um, <laughs> but, but I would say that I can't give him like a full pass um, just cause I, I would expect somebody that's built the way he is to be a little bit more dominant in college. And so that is something that you, you have to take into account, but he was a high profile guy coming out of high school. So, it's not like he hasn't had this pedigree. Man, I'm so I'm I'm looking right now at uh player profiler. They don't have a comp yet, so um they could just 
take that one. I think that sounds, uh, that sounds I don't think that's how their system works. <laughs> I think they, that they, they, they probably do a little bit more just in depth than just like, they're <laughs> just like going it off the, hey, this dude off said, the cuff. This dude came but up we'll see. Maybe he will end up being the comp and then I'll be like, haha, I told you. Yeah. And then you could get, uh, get paid by them too. Um, I, we don't, we don't pay you by the way. It's super show. Yeah. Uh, we just, we just All put you on the spot. Like and, <laughs> we just put you on the spot and then, uh, and then, yeah, ask you to ask you to perform, uh, in ways that nobody has asked you to yet. And, uh, and then, yeah, we don't compensate. So yeah, sorry about that. Uh, James, <laughs> same question. Um, just what have you seen it, any numbers that have actually kind of, you know, really stood out to you so far and in a, in a positive way and impressed you so far? Yeah, I really like Ethan's answer. Uh, I'm going to ask you for a comp too, by the way. Just so oh man. Know. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to go, I, for me, it's Justin Jefferson and this guy ran a four, four, three forty. No one was expecting him to run that well. I mean, that, that was a shock. I think that that might've been the shocker of the draft that, and we'll get to a tight end a little later that, uh, that was kind of shocking, but, uh, but Justin Jefferson, uh, I mean, running a four, four, three is amazing. Um, and, and you know, 126 inch broad jump is very good for him too. Um, we weren't expecting. I don't think any of us were expecting him to test any better than average. Um, just kind of w- with his profile and the way everything was set up, and uh, and he killed it. I mean, so far that 40 uh, is very good. That broad jump is is fantastic. It's better than uh, than what was expected as well. So Justin Jefferson's a guy who's moving up my board. And before you ask me for a comp, the comp that comes to mind for me with him is Chris Godwin. Um, I believe they're built very similar, uh, and uh, as as far as speed goes, I think you know now that we see what Justin Jefferson ran, I think the the speed is very similar as well. Um, you know, I I, I think uh, I think this is a guy that compares pretty favorably to a Chris Godwin. So. Um, yeah, to me, that's that's the player comp there. And just what he's done so far has just been really impressive. A lot of people didn't see it coming. And uh, and this is a guy who I think really helped himself and helped his draft stock as well. He's a guy that was fun to watch on film for me. Um, but there was just question marks about, you know, this kind of stuff, his athleticism and, and what he can do here and uh, his, his speed and quickness. And, well, he answered the speed um, and he answered some of the uh, the explosion with that broad jump. Um so I, I, I have less questions about him, and I think he's done himself a, 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 an excellent service by the, uh, the numbers he's posted up here. Yeah, just because I was curious to see how close you would be. Uh, you were much closer than I was. Uh, Ooh, just, right. just so anyone wants to know, uh, Chris Godwin was 6'1", um, 209. Jefferson is 6'1", 202. It's a little bit smaller. Uh, but look at how close these comps were. So 442, uh, 40 for Godwin. Uh, Jefferson ran a 443, so just a tenth of a second off. Vertical jump for Jefferson was 37 and a half, um, 36 inch vert for Chris Godwin. And then uh, Jefferson had a 126 inch broad jump, and Godwin also had a 126 inch broad jump. So we'll have to see. Uh, one of the things that really set him apart. Uh, Godwin that that is is he ran a four second flat 20 yard shuttle and so yeah that's um, insane that's that's a pretty insane number so we will have to see um I don't believe we have any numbers on the 20 yard shuttle as of this recording so we will have to see uh if if Jefferson can put up a time close to that I really really like that comp trying to see if they if we do have uh uh, shuttle times yet it does not look like it um damn uh yeah that was that was pretty much dead on so uh that was in james w- going into the combine i mean it, it sounds like like you said i mean you were you were high on justin jefferson anyways but um what was your expectation for uh how he was gonna run I think a lot of people were hopeful that he'd run in the mid four fives. I think that was kind of what what most people were were hoping for. If if, oh, wow. if he would if he would have done that, I think most people would have said, okay, that that matches kind of what I was expecting. 
Um, so for him to run a 4-4-3-40 was, uh, was really, really big for him. I mean, he ran faster than Jerry Judy, didn't he? I mean, didn't Judy run a 4-4-6, I thought? I, I don't know. I, I mean, he just, he, he really, he really did him, did well, uh, for himself, uh, was, was something that, uh, that again, we weren't really expecting. Um, yeah, I think Judy ran a 4-4-5, I just saw. So, um, <laughs> there was no way. I, I, the the prop bet on if Justin Jefferson was going to run faster than Jerry Judy must have been, I mean the odds that you would have gotten on that would have been would have been very good. So I'll just put it that way. Um, he definitely compared to the other receiver numbers that it, uh, the other receivers that are putting up these 40 times. Um, you know he's going to slot in uh, ahead of some guys that we we definitely didn't expect moving into this. Yeah, I think at this point. Depending on where he goes and his draft capital and what the opportunity looks like, I could see Jefferson going from what I thought was going to be a mid-second rookie round pick. Uh, he's probably going late first, uh, given this. I mean, probably not. I don't know if I would take him in front of uh, Judy or Lamb or Rager, but he is really pushing for that four spot. Um, Chenault has not. Uh, well, we'll get to Chenault in a bit, but um you know i mean this was in one of his biggest question marks was if he if jefferson had that speed and so the fact that he's showing that he has those wheels if he has that short um that agility if he does well in those agility drills as well he's going to be a guy that nfl teams are going to love and and i think we're going to have to love for dynasty um as well wow what about uh people's jones where do you think uh um he's he's going in uh you know, super flex rookie drafts. Um, and did he, did he raise his stock very much? Actually both. I, I and I want to ask you guys both about the NFL draft as well for these two guys, but, um, you know, w- before, uh, going into the combine, where would you guess that, uh, Donovan people Jones was going to go in, uh, the NFL draft and in our super flex rookie drafts. And do you think that he's raised his stock yet? I think the NFL draft, I think the NFL was a lot higher on people's Jones than the fantasy community was. Um, I heard a lot of reports from podcasts that I listened to uh, with people that were a lot closer to NFL teams that people's Jones was a guy that they were looking at uh, as possibly a, a day to pick already. And so while I think that even though he's just now kind of catching our eye just with this athleticism, um, and I think people are starting to dig in a little bit more because the NFL, for for as much as we want to say that we are the experts at picking the values and who's going to be a great player and who's not, the NFL tends to do a pretty good job of evaluating these guys um, in a vacuum. And so the fact that they were high on him coming out of school and the fact that now he's he's actually proving that, hey, this guy could have some serious potential. I still think he's probably a day two guy. I don't think he's going to creep up into the first round. But we're talking about the difference between a third round pick and a second round pick. So for him, probably making a little bit of money. As far as rookie drafts, I had him pegged kind of as a uh, third round. You know, you're looking for some upside. He's got good size. Um, that is no longer going to be – you're not going to probably see him falling much much further than like early third round. Um, I think the sweet spot for him is going to be that late second, early third. Um, and that's assuming that the hype doesn't just keep growing and growing. You know, if he goes in the second round of the NFL draft to a team that really needs a wide receiver, especially a big wide receiver, uh, he could be a guy that, you know, continues to creep up into the second round where you're probably taking, you know, a mid to early uh, second on him. I don't know if he'll ever really break given the running back depth in this class. Um, I don't think he would really break into that first round unless something really catastrophic happens, but uh, I could definitely see him being pretty locked in into that, um, that mid to late second round rookie pick, um, which is better than I would have expected with him coming out of college. So definitely think he's improved his stock. James, what do you think about Jefferson? Kind of same questions, uh, NFL draft, rookie draft, and and is his stock going up yet, or uh, does he need to uh, more performance? Yeah, I think it's I think I think his stock's going to go up in in both. Um, I I could see him being a day two pick, and that I I had him 
in my rankings that I tweeted out uh, just before the combine started, um, I, I tweeted them out, and Justin Jefferson was my wide receiver five. Um, I, I think he's probably still there, um, you know, maybe uh, with, with some more work, some positive interviews, um, <clears throat> and the rest of these drills, if he closes them out strong, I think he might be able to move up to four, you know, over a guy like T. Higgins who isn't working out, who isn't running, um, and is probably not, you know, doing himself a service up until his pro day at the very least. Um, so, yeah, to me, this is a guy that I think can move up, and I think he will move up in rookie drafts. He's He's kind of been... Uh, on the fringe of that, uh, you know, end of round one, beginning the middle of round two, um, kind of depending on on who you're drafting with and, and that sort of thing. But I think uh, this is a guy who could solidify himself a spot at the end of the first round if he uh, if he really closes out these drills and, and looks strongly. Again, the, the shuttles, um, you know, uh, both the... the uh, the shuttle drills and the cone, the three cone, um, I think are going to be important. If he can really close those out strong and go home with a with a real nice day, I think he's, yeah, I think he'll move up. I think uh, there's still a lot to be determined because we don't have those times yet, but uh, I, I think he'll move up in both drafts. I really do. All right, so song, uh, along the same lines here, let's uh, uh, talk about some guys who you think may have lowered their stock. Um, with their start to the combine. And again, let's just start with you, Ethan. I think there's a, a few guys that definitely, I don't, again, I don't like to say that, I don't think so far, at least, there's anybody that really sticks out to me as like, dude, you are you are hurting yourself right now. I think two guys that maybe are disappointing high expectations um, one guy is Brandon Ayuk. Uh, this is the kid out of Arizona State. He's a wide receiver, and people were pegging him as a, a supreme athletic prospect. And so, uh, you know, I think that he, while he was, he didn't have a bad combine. I think the fact that he ran a four, five, 40 yard dash is one that people are going to be disappointed with that. Um, you know, I've, I saw reports that they were hoping that he would run low four fours. Um, the fact that he's just running a four five, you know, if you're building this, uh, argument on a player being an elite prospect, even though we haven't really heard a whole lot about them, um, on the fact that you think that he has elite speed, four five doesn't really do that for me. And so, you know, Brandon Ayuk, while again, uh, he had a, a solid vert, 40 inch vert, um, 128 inch broad jump, which isn't bad. I mean, we're talking, it's not a career, you know, it's not like a man, this was, you can't play in the NFL. You're just not good enough athletically. It's not one of those days. I just think that it's disappointing given the hype that was surrounding him. Um, another one that I think is, is definitely a disappointment, which if you remember from last week's show, um, I kind of predicted that this could be a guy that that disappoints you, and that's LaVisca Chenault. I mean, he has been dealing with an injury. He had a solid bench press day. He didn't do the vert, didn't do the broad. He did run a 40 and ran a 4.58, and that is just not what we expected from him. Uh, we expected a a much better performance in the 40. I'm not sure why he ran. Uh, he's been dealing with the, the I'm going to say this wrong again, but it's, it's osteitis pubis. And so uh, it's an inflammation of the pubic bone. And so he, I, we know that he's been dealing with that while he's training. And so the fact that he ran the 40, I don't, I don't really understand kind of what his, what he thought he was going to get out of that. Um, because if he, if he, knew that he was hurt and he knew he wasn't going to run well. Um, you know, it, it, it was a bad decision to run. I mean, it just, it just doesn't really make much sense to me, but it, he was a guy that I pegged last week is, you know, this combine is probably going to be a wash for him because of this injury. And so we can't credit it against him too much, but it is disappointing to see that he didn't run a little bit faster. Why is the word pubis like it feels so much worse than the word pubic? I don't, I don't totally get that, but like I giggle a little bit every time you say pubis. It just, it seems pretty dirty. Um, you talk quite a bit about uh, the Chenault injury. 
uh, on a on the episode, I believe last week, right? Yes. With the yeah, so um, I would point everybody to that episode. Um, Doctor Ethan and James the Brain kind of went over um, several of these rookies and uh, the injuries that they're bringing to the NFL with them. So um, definitely uh, go back and check that out because. I mean, it's really interesting stuff and it's really important and kind of, you know, add some context to what's happening at the, at the combine. Um, what about you, James? Uh, somebody who's lowered their, uh, their stock so far uh, with their start to the combine. Yeah. And I, I won't take long here. Jared Pinkney um, had struggled um, and uh, you know, tight end out of Vanderbilt and he ran a four, nine, six, uh, 40. And that's just, uh, man, that that's that's hard to overcome. Look, I, you can you can disappoint a little bit. You know, you can run a slower forty time than what you're expected, but four nine six. I mean, there are going to be offensive linemen that run quicker than that. I mean, that the four nine six is brutal for a tight end. And uh, yeah, that that's this is a guy who we had high hopes for. Um, a guy who a lot of people have in their top five for tight ends and a and a down tight end class, but still a guy who. Uh, who was well well uh, regarded coming into this? And that four nine six didn't do any other drills, just did the forty and uh, and and really just laid a goose egg there. That that number is is high enough and different enough from the rest of the tight ends to really uh, move him down boards. So I I uh, I think he really did himself a disservice by running. He probably shouldn't have even ran. Um, you know, if there was an issue with uh, with an injury, you know, because he didn't do any of the other drills. So, to, to this point at least that we have um you know you, you probably shouldn't have ran because unfortunately that that time is uh is not is not going to help him was where did you have him ranked among the tight ends going into the combine yeah that's interesting um for for tight ends i actually did uh like i said i did my rankings here um and just posted them on twitter and normally i do stuff like that um pre-combine just because I feel like you know it's it's important for transparency um, that people know. Hey, look, going into the combine, this is where I'm at with these guys. Um, you know, so that way you don't post them after and go, oh, that was my guy. You know, uh, it's it's important that you know that you show the you show everyone kind of your hand. Uh, you know, going into this. So um, with my tight ends, though, I only posted the top five, and I did not have Pinkney in my top five. Um, I know a lot of people did. Um, have Pinkney uh, in in their top five though. Um, again, this uh, this wasn't I, I wasn't one of them, um, but I do want to uh, to mention Robbie Jeffries at NFL Robbie, a uh, good friend of mine over at DHH. Um, he did bring up Jared Pinkney and 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 his tape, and I uh, I did answer that question uh, for him, and uh, and I you know really why I didn't have him in my top five, and um, and so I'm I'm you know I was I was down on him you know even kind of before this personally uh this just kind of confirmed that man this is it, it, that's going to be tough to overcome uh, a time like that a 496 you know 40 i mean that's uh that that's a really brutal number yeah that <laughs> that definitely hurts um man we're kind of running low on time so i want to get to this one last question for you guys um i'm just you know we 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 got the measurements in uh, Joe Burrow has little baby hands. There you go. Uh, and at this point, I mean, you know, we've kind of we've we've run forties, uh, some verts, um, some broad jumps and stuff. But you know, we're we're far from done with this NFL Combine. It's just getting started. We're recording this on Thursday night while they're running forties. So there's a lot still to come. I'm curious from each of you guys, starting with you, Ethan. Just what are you looking forward to? Uh, to seeing in the remaining days of this combine. Well, <laughs> there is a, there's a part of me that wants to say, well, I'm excited to see. Uh, I'm not exactly excited to see, but I'm curious to see what other types of medical news come out. But I won't, I won't say that because it's <laughs> not appropriate. I do you not, I don't wish injuries on any of these guys. Um, you know, I think it's important that we know when stuff comes up in the combine, uh, just because the more knowledge we have, the better we can make educated decisions when it comes to drafting these guys in rookie drafts. But as far as like the athletic testing, again, 
I don't put a ton of stock in it, but it is important to see kind of where these guys stack up against each other. And I am really, really curious to see how these running backs stack up against each other, uh, especially in your three cone and your, your 40. And so I want to see, you know, is DeAndre Swift as fast as we think he is, you know, or is there a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who we know is fast, how fast is he going to be? I mean, what are we talking elite size speed specimen? I think we might. Um, I've compared him to a, a combination of Leonard Fournette and Nick Chubb coming out of school. I think he's going to be somewhere uh, in between those two guys. And I think that that's, that is a freak athlete um, at his size. You know, Is there going to be a running back that is surprises us, um, that comes out and just absolutely blows up the 40 or, or absolutely just kills the agility drills? And you know, is, who is that guy? And so um, I am curious to see, especially for a fantasy, kind of how those dudes match up with each other. And then I'm always looking for highlights. I mean, I love to see uh, the quarterbacks making just bonker throws. I mean, they're not really game throws. They, they say they are, but they're really, there's quite a few of these throws that are just, okay, we want to see how far this guy can throw the football. Um, so I always love seeing that kind of stuff, but it doesn't really play much into my analysis. Yeah, I, there, there's a, a, a clear order of things for me, and obviously I'm starting with my guy, JT, Jonathan Taylor. I can't wait to see him ripping it up in the 40. Like you mentioned, I expect big things. I expect him to run fast. I expect that score to be down there, and with what he came in at with his height and weight, um, I, I think – I. You know, I think the numbers are really going to look very nice for JT. But let's let's keep our fingers crossed and hope he runs well. Um, I want to see Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, his agility and his speed, how that translates in these drills. I want to see if Cam Akers can win me over with his combine results. He's supposed to be really, really good. Um, he's supposed to perform well here. Um, he's a guy that I've been lower on than consensus. But if he can perform really well here, maybe he'll win me over a little bit. I might have to move him up my rankings if he can do that. Um, another guy that I want to see is I, I actually have a, uh, a little, little wager out there. A little bet, and that is that uh, I don't think A.J. Dillon coming in at the size that he did is going to run very well at all. So I want to see how he runs. If he can actually put up a decent score, which, I mean, there are a couple people on Twitter who keep telling me, hey, and these are people I respect, telling me, hey, he's going to run better than you think. If he does, then, uh, I, you know, that, that might be a guy who moves up my rankings a little bit. And a guy who I've been higher on than consensus, Keyshawn Vaughn. Um, you know, this is a, a running back uh, out of Vanderbilt. I, I really like Keyshawn Vaughn. He's a guy I'm looking for. I'm going to keep my eye on, and I hope that he could be a surprise and move up some draft boards, uh, you know, with a good performance here. <laughs> I think we've got it all covered for the moment. Uh, we'll have to, uh, you know, this, this combine is going to wrap up over the weekend and then we can, um, get back to it next week and, and go over the complete results. Um, but we definitely wanted to hit on some of this preliminary stuff and, uh, you know, kind of talk about, um, you know, the, just, just that 40, I mean, that, that's kind of the main event for a lot of these players. So, you know, just the effect that it's going to have on draft stock. It, it's kind of crazy that one event can change so much, but it absolutely can. So, you know, there's a, there's a lot coming. Um, sounds like you guys are both really into uh, just kind of the running backs and, and what they're going to do generally speaking. But um, you know, for uh, it, it, you know, for particularly for wide receivers and kind of tight ends, just that 40 is uh, just so crucial. So, um, we we definitely wanted to go over some results a little bit. Uh, we'll get back to it next week, like I said. But for the moment, we're going to wrap it up for the week. And as we do that, ask you for a quick favor. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, you can also subscribe to the DLF Family of Podcasts Mega Feed. Get access to all of the great podcasts from DLF. And once you're subscribed, if you'd give us a rating and review, not all podcatchers give you that option. But on the ones that do, those ratings and reviews help us to expand our reach, get out to a larger audience, involve more people in the conversation, and from there we can really zero in on the topics that are the most useful to you, the listener. And in the vein of listener interaction, send us your trades on Twitter at SuperFlexShow. You can also send them to any one of us individually. James is at underscore James the Brain. Ethan's at eTurnerFF underscore PT. 
and I'm at SuperFlexDude. We can retweet those polls for you, help you get more votes and comments. Sometimes even bring them here on the podcast and analyze them for you. Thank you to Heart and Soul Radio for the song Me Addiction that we use as our intro and outro music. And above all else, thank you to each and every one of you for listening. Until next week, stay sexy and super flexy. We have It's been a while, huh? Yeah. And <laughs> miss that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That wasn't even that funny, but I I definitely <laughs> laughed like it was. <laughs>